Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Hey, 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 welcome, welcome back to another episode of Japan according to Akio. This is Episode 86. Hopefully, I'm right. <laughs> I believe I am. Yes, it is. It's episode 86.、Um, yeah, it's really, really good, good quality episode. A lot longer than I thought, as normal. But, you know, I told some stories, gave, I think, really two,、um, recommended a YouTube channel which gives some really good information to specifically two videos that popped up in my timeline that you're definitely going to want to take a look at and just be mindful of. We answered a great question from my man, John. Um, I told you I'd get to it on this episode. Thank you again so much for commenting and emailing me as well. Give some shout outs. We just do a bunch of shit on here. Like, really, lots of stuff. I'm not going to give a long intro because we have just so much in store for you. So, so much. A whole new world in store for y'all. Okay, I'm not going to like oversell it. But <laughs> I already, too late, right? <laughs> but no, it's a really good podcast, I think. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to、um, getting this up and listening to it on my way to work.、So. Uh, hopefully, whenever I do that, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna make any promises. All right, y'all, enjoy. Hey, hey, 86, 86 strong. I'm happy to be back with you guys. Welcome to Japan According to Akil, episode number 86, the podcast that lasts.、Uh, I gotta turn off the TV, sorry. <laughs> I was watching some show on、um, Netflix. I don't know.、Um, I was getting ready after walking my dog. Um, had the day off as usual, you know.、Uh, just took a few days to rest. Give you a quick update on myself. Sorry, you don't get the、um, crack the beer sound. I'm drinking a beer.、Um, I'm drinking an Ebis, which is、uh, spelled Y E B I S U. It's a bit more of the.、Mm, drink, drink it while I talk about it. <laughs>、uh, it's a bit more. It's one of the more overpriced. Not overpriced. Pricier, let me say that. Pricier of the standard beers here in Japan.、Uh, typically, we have Asahi, A S, sorry,、uh, my phone's going off. A S A H I, Asahi. I think I got it right. Yeah.、Uh, again, it's weird visualizing this in English.、Um, we have Sapporo beer, which you probably might be familiar with.、Um, they have. If you, you listened to a previous episode, you, I gave you that Sapporo beer commercial, which not to do. Um, what, else do, what else do we have? We have Ebis, Asahi, Kirin, K I R I N, which is one of my favorites. Ichi, Kirin Ichiban Shibori, bam bam, that's the joint. And I'll say those four, like, yeah, Ebis, Asahi, Kirin, Sapporo, are probably like the four big beer brands here in Japan, like standard beer brands that you're going to get. And out of them,、uh, for me, I'm drinking a premium Ebis. It's like a gold can. It is. Probably the pricier, priciest out of them. Doesn't really give me the bang for my buck. I mean, it's good, but you know,、uh, for me, Kirin gives, out of those four, gives me more the everyday bang for my buck. I'll either go for a Kirin or a Sapporo. I kind of leave a sake on the shelf if I have a choice. But Japanese people love that shit, so hey. But anyway, tonight we're not really about the beer talk.、Um, we have some Japan related information to you, and I didn't forget about you, John. A question. I have a question that came in. 
She's crazy, right? Um, last time I left the air conditioner on last time, uh, it didn't really pick it up on the podcast, so I'm doing the same thing tonight. Um, just to let you know about the weather situation here in Japan, the weather here, you've heard me say the weather here changes on a dime, really. So uh, this week, it seems like summer officially ended and the temperature dropped the extreme heat of like 37 degrees Celsius. Um, kind of ended or Fahrenheit will be about around 100 something uh, pretty much continue for for a while which ended and now the temperature is around 28 which is around like 80 something high 80 still still pretty humid but for Japan standards it's comfortable like August I'll take it you know I'll say for me anything over 33 degrees under 33 degrees Fahrenheit for me is quite except uh, th- sorry 33 degrees Celsius is quite acceptable for me so, um, yeah, so um, it seems like summer's officially over. Uh, this week is going to be cool again. September's coming. So once September hits for me, like some, similar to how it is in my part of America, like summer's over. Even though we do get some hot days, it doesn't really get above like 33. It gets around 33, but it won't get like 34, 35 anymore. And from now on, typhoon season's coming. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> so September is here around typhoon season. Um, I got a lot of stuff to get into tonight, actually. Um, now that I just remembered something else that I kind of need to talk about tonight. Want well, some inside information from one of my students. Let me see if I can pull, pull it up on my phone. Um, da, 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 as my friends keep texting me, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, give me a second. I think, yep, yep, that's that's what it is. Okay, again, because the last podcast I recorded earlier on in the week, in last week, so mm. my timeline's a bit off. So, what I have for you guys, and I got we got a question in. A couple of videos um, that popped up on my timeline that I think will be helpful for you just in understanding life here in Japan a bit better and some other shit that I can't remember right now. Oh, yeah, and some other Olympic-related shit that we're going to get into. Um, but first, before... was something else? Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Hold on, let me grab my laptop. <laughs> my MacBook. I'm not using that shitty-ass Lenovo anymore. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna. I want to give. I want to give a few shout outs. Um, where am I going? Give me a second. Hold on. Give me a second. Let me let me get this up. Like uh, just you know, I've done it before, but I wanted to give um some more shout outs to some listeners. Okay, so yeah, um, just looking through the analytics of the podcast, and I'm scared to like pick up my laptop, so I gotta do this in a weird kind of way so that I can keep talking. Sorry, I gotta move this mic a little bit. I'm like tilting the oh shit, that doesn't work at all. Okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna have to do this in batches. Um, but uh, again, um, one time before, I, I gave some shout outs to um, different people in different cities for listening to the podcast. Since then, our numbers have gone up. We're, I think we're in the double digits. We're like 11.4 people listening to the podcast now. I really appreciate that. Um, I just wanted to say hi to a few people listening all over the world. I've noticed there's a few cities, specifically California and Georgia, 
Uh, if you guys are listening again, congrats. Thank, thank you guys. Not congratulations, <laughs> but thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, I can, I, I can kind of see I'm, what I'm guessing is happening. And again, if it's the truth or if you just want me to give you guys a shout out, ask me a question. Again, questions for Akil, all one word at Gmail, again, A-K-I-L, at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Let, let me know what's going on. But it looks like um, in maybe a couple of cities, um, maybe one person might have discovered the podcast and possibly spread it to their group of immediate friends because the numbers for those cities have kind of increased a bit. So it seems like there's like, you know, a core group of um, listeners in those cities. And I was kind of happy to kind of see that. And hopefully, you know, even whether you're just generally interested about Japan or planning on coming here, working here, whatever, you know, besides hearing me shit all over the Olympics, you know, um, it is really a great place to come for travel, for study, for just, you know, getting crazy. <laughs> you know, they're not getting crazy, but just enjoying, like, you know, life here in someplace new. And that's genuinely unique, um, pleasant, and um, life-changing in some ways, I think. So, you, you know, whether you're not from these cities, I'm about to shout out, or just you're just listening. If you, if you live here, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been here, you know. I encourage you to come here and experience uh, Japan for yourself. Mm. It's a multifaceted land of many wonders, is what I was trying to say. Okay, so, uh, first off, California. I might have shouted you out before, but again, I've seen the numbers kind of go up. Uh, Mountain View, Mountain View, California. All you guys listening over there, I really appreciate it. Thanks for the love. Love. La Habra, La Habra's numbers have gone up quite a bit too. Thank you guys again, all of you all there. Uh, apparently, it's more than one of you. You know, hopefully, it's a bunch of y'all, and you know, definitely spread the word. Uh, I, whoever put you onto it, give that person a big shout out, a pat on the back. You know, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. San Santa Ana, the Santa Ana wins. You know, um, thank you guys as well for listening. A few other places. I'll just go down the list. Oh, shit. Sorry. I hit the mic. <laughs> Anaheim. Redwood City. Thank you. Um, Modesto. Modesto. I've heard of Modesto. Thank you for listening. And San Diego. Thank you, guys. Again, California. California is really showing lo- lots of love to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and much love to you guys back. Another big place is uh, Georgia. Georgia. That's the only part of the song I know. Marietta, Marietta Georgia is really coming in strong, too. Um, I feel like, why? Might be a college town. I want to say Marietta is a, either a college town or y'all have, like, something. something's in Marietta. I've heard, like, uh, the name Marietta, Marietta Georgia for some reason. Sorry, my laptop's a little bit too far away for me to Google that shit right now. And I don't, I don't want to interrupt the flow of the podcast for it. Decatur, big shout out to you guys. Atlanta, thank you. Auburn, thank you, thank you. Aceworth, Aceworth, uh, thank you for listening from over there. Ellenwood and a few, uh, maybe one person from Peachtree City. Thank y'all. Really, I really appreciate it. 
Um, those, those again, those are like really the standout areas. Like I say, I, I've been, I look at the numbers, you know, every now and then just to just to kind of see. Not like, well, yeah, I do it for my own self, just so that I know, like, I'm not talking to myself, like, you know, putting the shit out for my own, just to listen to myself on the internet alone. Uh, I remember when I first started, there were, you know, I, I joke about like 3.5 people and things like that. Um, we haven't really cracked like the again. The triple, I'm not going to lie, we haven't cracked the triple digits of the podcast yet for each podcast, but we're getting we're getting quite up there in the, the size of the group of the people listening. I know now is, is significant enough for, for me to really have confidence and really put a lot more care into what I put out for your, for your consumption, and I really appreciate you guys. Um, also, I, I have to, again, I've been giving shout-outs to the Made in Japan podcast for putting me on to Anchor, because since moving over there... I think our re- the reach of the podcast has sp- has increased and um, you know it, it's kind of made me take it a bit more seriously as far as like planning and thinking about what what I'm actually going to talk about here instead of just like drinking talking shit like I did <laughs> like I did in the beginning on my iPhone I actually have real equipment I'm trying to do it like you know do it not real big but you know do it significantly large if you know what I'm saying so for you all listening. Uh, thank you. Let me just list list a few more countries, then then we'll get on the way. Um, so of course, Japan. A few people from South Korea, Australia, Canada, Singapore, and the United Kingdom are, are you know some of the things that pop up on my timeline. But the but the U.S. is clearly leading the way, and specifically um, those areas. Um, oh, well, let, let me let me do this. Those two, not only that, let me just give a shout out to everybody who's who's on there. States, I'll just go through states. Um, Texas, shout out to you. Illinois, listening from Illinois. New York, North Carolina, and Virginia, people listening from those areas. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, I, again, I really appreciate it. But but definitely the stands out standouts are um, California and Georgia. And I really appreciate it. Again, just from the, the way the numbers look, I really am guessing like a couple of people discovered the podcast in those areas, introduced their friends to it who are interested in Japan in some way. And you all have become, you know, regular listeners. And if that's true, I really appreciate it. I definitely encourage you just reach out to me. You know, dude, I'm just fucking dude in my living room talking shit, drinking a beer. So Shoot me an email. Tell me what's up if you'd like. If not, if you just want to listen, it's totally cool with me. All right. All right, cool. So that's that. That's our heartwarming kumbaya moment for tonight. And let's get into some shit. So uh, what do we got? We got a really good mm, question from John. Again, I'd like to give you a personal shout out as well uh, for her stepping up and actually sending me and taking the time out to send me a comment on uh youtube and send me a question as well uh if you don't know like i set up a youtube channel with some cut up pieces of um video content but again i just have not been able to um put the time into that like i just can't do it. I, I can't do it right now i'm not gonna lie like i tried to do it and i realized like i was spreading myself way too thin the podcast i'm totally fine with but anything beyond that promoting this um, you've seen the disastrous results of me trying to like promote on Instagram and stuff like that. it just doesn't work right now. So I got to just kind of focus on more business and stuff like that. So, so, but, but, you know, you still got my voice. You still got that. But, um, John, you know, whether you found it through one of those clips or found out the podcast about 
whether you found out about the podcast through one of those clips or, you know, just um, searching on one of the platforms, uh, sent me a question, which is a really good question. And basically his question was, uh, how easy is it to find good quality cheese in Japan? This is not an odd question. You say it might be an odd question. It totally isn't, right? Because what happens is, I'll tell you, um, what happens is you kind of get these weird ass food cravings when you're here. When you're here for a while, like I've had it. I see. I go through it every time, every now and then, uh, now and again, um, where it's just like, fuck it. I just want to eat that, 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 that. You know, and just not even like want to eat it. Just want to have like the option of being able to have access to it. And Japan is a, a lot better. It's a lot better than it used to be when I when I came here. You know, a lot more um, international shops like Costco is here so you get a lot more imported goods um you know import shops things like that there's just a, it's, it's become more of a trend I say in the la- in the last like five to ten years so especially in the Tokyo area it depends on where you're living let, let me preface that if it depends on where you're living if you're living in a major city specifically like the Tokyo area particularly central Tokyo um I wouldn't worry too much about finding specifically cheese or any other imported products. There's going to be a way to get what you want. Me personally, I like brie. You know, brie is the shit to me, <laughs> which kind of rhymes. So um, I, but, you know, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't really be eating a whole lot of cheese. And, and you know, besides that, I'm, you know, no one else in my family. Like, I, I'm, I'm married now. I got a kid now, so... My priorities are kind of a lot lower on the totem pole. So me splurging on some brie cheese, sitting in front of the TV and eating the whole thing, those days are kind of over for me, you know, for 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 the for for the time being. So um, it's just not something I've done for a while. But the area that I work, or I know places where I can get it, you know, and that's what I say now. Like access to imported foods. You know, especially with the internet, well, cheese specifically, you're not gonna order online. Hopefully not, but you, 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 there are shops in and around Tokyo, especially, especially like Hiro, uh, H-I-R-R-O, um, O-O, sorry, um, is probably the one of the most international areas where the supermarket there is a large concentration of expats there. So the there are several supermarkets specifically that cater to foods from other countries. Um, That's not the issue. The issue that you're going to have to deal with is price. What's your price, right? Everybody's got a price. I forgot who said that. Everybody's got a price. And how much, are, like the cheese that you, whatever cheese you want to get, you can, chances are you're going to be able to get it. The question is, how much are you willing to pay for that shit, right? Because um, I don't think I ever bought brie cheese in America. Like I started eating it after... I think I came to Japan, but I do remember one time, the first time I saw someone eating brie cheese, I remember that exact moment <laughs> because <laughs> I was at one of my friend's house from college. Um, we went to his hometown. I forgot why. And one of his the dudes that grew up in his neighborhood, um, I, okay, I, I, okay I, I'll tell you, I'll give you the real. Okay, I'll give you the, I'm not going to. Pussyfoot around this shit. I'll give you the real, real what happened. So, you know, regardless of your race or whatever. So here's what happened. My friend, he 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 grew up in the suburb of Philadelphia, you know, and um, you know, a nice neighborhood, nice family. 
whatever. And so from time to time, we go over there, hang out, maybe spend the night. I forgot, you know, and whatever. Do you know, just hang out. And his parents were real cool, liberal, kind of open parents. And excuse me. And I remember one time we were hanging out over there. Maybe it might have been summertime, and we just went over there for some shit, and or for the weekend or something. And he had this friend who was black, right? But he grew up in the suburbs, you know. So, um, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I had braids at the time. I had super baggy clothes. And he was dressed more like a surfer kind of dude. You can imagine the dynamics of that. It was kind of a little bit, not weird between us, but I was just kind of, we just kind of looked like, hey, kind of. <laughs> thing you know he's like hey dude you know and i was like hey yo what's up man <laughs> you know but i remember like just the first time i saw someone eat brie cheese and he might even be the reason why i ate brie cheese for the first time after coming here because like one day i was sitting in his kitchen and the dude came over and first thing he did was open up the refrigerator take out this big ass tray of brie cheese and like first off i was like whoa you're just gonna go in someone's house and open up the refrigerator that's crazy you know and you're black wow like <laughs> like i just remember clearly that was the first thought that ran into my head ran through my head <laughs> but, <laughs> but but um anyway so he gets this big ass tray of brie cheese and he plops it on the fucking thing. And I think he microwaved it. That's how I, got, I think I got onto that tip by him. Because I was just watching him do this shit. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. You know, and <laughs> he's just like, dude, I fucking love brie cheese, man. And so he just, I think he microwaved it, heated up or something for a little bit. And I just watched him. I mean, this is a huge fucking thing of brie cheese. And he's just digging into this shit. Cheese and crackers, cheese and crackers, cheese. And, for like 10 fucking minutes, just going bananas. And I was just like... And that image has just been, like, drilled into my head. And so um, I wasn't really into, like, cheese like that, like, um, in, in, when I lived in America. But I got, I got a little older um, into wine. I think my mid to late 20s got into wine, you know, wine in the house, some cheese, some camembert, found some good crackers I like. And then I discovered the brie. And for me, it's like, ooh, shit, brie is really nice. And I remember dude, you know, heating it up, microwaving it did the same thing i was like okay now i get it you know um so yeah i've this story is going back to your question so you know i have been able to find brie cheese very readily available especially when i was living in central tokyo but the thing is like i was getting like some, probably some, not like a wheel of brie cheese for like 10 bucks like i, I don't know the running price of, of brie cheese in america for example but like a small wedge of that like a sliver of that shit like if you take like a slice of pizza like a third of a slice of pizza of a standard slice of pizza sliver you know and not that big either uh for like 10 bucks pretty much and i'll just eat it and cherish it and you know <laughs> and that was about that so the the main thing is like would be especially in the realm of cheese would be how much are you willing to pay for that cheese that you want to eat here and that goes that extends to a lot of different products that you would like to eat or a lot of imported products that you'd like to eat cereal <clears throat> for example cereal uh, just let me try and just name a few uh that i that i deem as luxury products cereals different types of chips different types of candies 
or snack foods. Um, yeah, pretty much all, most junk food. Um, meats, yeah. Now, not only beef, but you know, deli meats or sliced meats or sausages or um, fruits are becoming a lot more um, readily available here. But that extends to fruits as well. Um, certain types of fruits, like oranges and apples, are a lot cheaper depending on the type you get. But then you know, kiwis might be kind of cheap. Bananas are cheap. But then if you go into mangoes and melons and things like that, the cherries in some cases, blueberries are extremely expensive here, for example. The price skyrockets, you know. It, it really just depends on some shit. It's, it's kind of weird here like that. So um, there's no real set answer for cheese. I, I gave the answer, but extending it to the other products, it really just depends on packaged or non-packaged, you know, produce or whatever. It really depends on what, where you live. And you, if it's available, and then if you find it, what's your price going to be? Because there's been some shit that, like, I'm just warning you, you're going to see, like, oh, shit, they got blah, 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 blah. He's like, fuck, yeah, they got it. And you look at the price, and you're like, are you fucking serious? You know, like, $7 for a bag of chips. That's your favorite, like, that's just, because it's imported. Like, this is an island, you know, that's just what it's going to be. And sometimes as well, like, <laughs> if you do find, just a warning, here's a warning too, like, um, John, this doesn't apply to, um, what's your, let me make sure I'm recording. Okay. Oh, shit, we're 25 minutes deep into this. Oh, my gosh. Like, um, John, this, this doesn't apply to, um, to, um, whatchamacallit, to cheese. But for packaged products, I remember specifically Sun Chips, right? My wife fucking loves Sun Chips. So sometimes what will happen is a product will become popular. It'll come into Japan. And it'll be repackaged in a Japanese way, right? So, like, uh, I remember, like, one of the first times I took my wife to America, I got her on Sun Chips. And she was fucked. She went crazy. She was like, oh, my gosh, I love these fucking things. They're amazing. Like, she, we actually had a carry-on bag full of fucking sun chips we were smuggling sun chips back into japan she was like just know we need all of them like fuck it like <laughs> she was kind of scaring me a little bit because she was just like really getting pissed off at me over the sun chips and so i was like all right fine we'll just buy a bunch of them one of the carry-on bags was just designated with fucking like no joke just full of bags of sun chips like it was crazy um like a duffel bag full of, it's like smuggling a duffel bag full of Sun Chips into the country. Like it was ridiculous, right? Um, a few years later, Sun Chips came into Japan, right? Now, what happened was they were repackaged for the Japanese market. So I saw them in the supermarket. I was like, hey, baby, look, Sun Chips, yay, yay. We had our moment, yay. You know, opened it up, tasted them. They tasted like shit. Why? Because um, I guess like there was a corporate partnership or whatever. And they changed the recipe to suit the Japanese market. So the flavor was toned down. The consistency of the chips was completely different. It was just like real weird and just didn't taste good at all. So that happens sometimes as well. Like if you might find one of your favorite products randomly here in Japan, if it has Japanese letters on it, writing on it, and it's the, a foreign product that you know, don't get your fucking hopes up. That's like, you know, certain things like certain like established things like an Oreo will be an Oreo wherever you go. Right. 
Um, a Snickers bar will be a Snickers bars are, are written in English, but but like you know, some products are gonna they're gonna, not gonna change the recipe, but um, especially snack foods. But generally, like snack foods or cereals or things like that, they're gonna change the recipe. Like cornflakes, if you're a big like sugary cereal type of person, co- uh, not sorry, not cornflakes, frosted flakes. They tone down like when I used to eat sugary cereals. Like now I try to eat like organic cereals. Sorry, I'm all alone. Yeah, I'm eating organic cereals, but um, but they you know they tone down the the amount of sugar in Frosted Flakes quite a bit. So you might be like you know what happens is you get homesick, you know, and you're like oh man one day like oh man I really want to eat blah 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 blah. You know, or something, or you see something that you had that you might not have eaten it in years, but just the fact that it's available to you, you're like, oh yeah, I really let's take Frosted Flakes. Like, I think that's the first time I ate Frosted Flakes in Japan. I hadn't eaten Frosted Flakes since I was like, a, like thirteen or some shit. You know, but um, just the fact that I saw them and they were available, it just brought me back to that place. And I was like, I just was like, yes. And I just got them. And I ran home and, you know, I'm even though I'm lactose intolerant, I'm totally contradicting myself. I was like, fuck it. You know, got some splashed of milk on there, bit into them. And I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, it wasn't hurting my teeth. You know, it wasn't that it didn't have that sugary sweetness to it. Um, that I was expecting because they toned down the recipe to suit Japanese, um, the Japanese market. So it doesn't always happen, but that does happen sometimes. The flip, the on the bright side though, now that there's a lot more international um, retailers coming into Japan, specifically Costco, or um, you know stores have partnerships with you know other larger international companies and things like that. A lot of other, a lot of those foreign products are being imported into Japan, so that it's not as like a mystical thing as it was when I came to Japan. Like I think ten years ago, or not maybe not ten, like like seven, eight years ago, um, I remember someone I saw that there was a partnership between uh, I think Seiyu and Walmart. And someone told me they had Reese's peanut butter cups in in this place in Oyamachi, like which is like. 30 minutes away on the train. I was like, they got, they got peanut butter cups. Oh, shit. You know? <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, fuck. So, like, after work, like, I ran down there, you know, and I, they, I was like, oh, shit. They, where are they? Where are they? they get, and they had them. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. And I literally, like, bought, like, six packs of Reese's peanut butter cups. And I was just on the train, just eating them like they were fucking, like I was a crackhead. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know, and I'm just like, hee hee, giggling, get him home. I'm just like, don't even really share with my wife, really. I'll give her like one or two. And you know, I just like OD on fucking Reese's peanut butter cups. Like, so like shit like that will happen, you know. So in some cases, depending on how much your love, for example, for back to you, John, depending on how much your love for cheese might be, you might say, fuck it. And just indulge in something that you find after a while being here just because you miss that thing so much or or because it helps you connect with your, your home country. You know, just brings, it gives that neural pathway a bit of a pop, remembering your life back there. Sometimes you kind of need that. Like, my first, you know, the first time I got homesick from here, I was in Wendy's, like, eating, eating like a fucking cheeseburger, almost ready to cry. You know, basically, <laughs> basic, pretty much, like, just because I didn't realize, like, I, was, I wasn't, like, homesick, homesick, but... I, that made me homesick, you know, um, 
And so, so things like that, things like that. But it is a lot better here than it was, fuck, almost 15 years ago than when I came here. So um, chances are you will be able to find what you're looking for um, in, in, a ma- in, a major ci- in a major city. Small town, you're fucked. <laughs> Can't let me just tell you that now. If you're in the countryside somewhere, you're screwed. You got to hop on a, shink- a bullet train and, and, and hope and roll the dice pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. But um, that's that. Wow, wow, that was a pretty long thing. Damn, uh, this podcast is going to be a lot longer than I thought. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Oh, shit, I still got some a bunch of other shit. So, okay. So you you gonna get some shit today? You gonna, you gonna get some shit on this podcast today, man? All right. So what I got what I got for you guys? Uh, before that, I was just scrolling through my timeline and I have two videos from a dude. I've seen his stuff before. I actually like some of the information. I really like some of the information that he puts out. I encourage you to subscribe to this dude. His name is Paolo from Tokyo on YouTube. Paolo P A O L O from Tokyo. Don't like. Uh, no, I'm not gonna shit. I'm not gonna talk shit. Like uh, he actually puts out really good and really helpful content, really informative content. He does a lot, a shit, a shitload more than I do. Uh, he has a shitload more subscribers than I do too, which is you know probably why. <laughs> I mean, he's he's one of the people definitely putting into putting in the work, uh, sharing information about life here in Japan. Um, two videos that that popped up in my timeline. Um, I watched both of them. I actually watched both of them. Uh, the second one I kind of skimmed through, but <laughs> but um, just skimming through it just to make sure the information is something that I can actually recommend. This one again, why Jap? The first one is why Japanese don't like foreigners. You type that in, and it's by Paolo from Tokyo. This is uh, he gives ten things, basically ten things that foreign people do that Japanese people don't like. Um, take heed to these. I would say he he does drop quite a few tips and hints and gives good good reasons and explanations for them. It's like about a 13, 14, almost 15-minute video. Goes pretty in-depth in in a lot of the things. Again, after a few minutes, I kind of hopped around and and just to see what his list was. I I agree with everything, especially the last one. Number 10, I think, is the most important one. I I forgot what it is already, but I remember that was the, the most important one to me. So definitely take heed to that. Another one um, from this guy that I encourage you to watch, especially if you're coming to, especially if you're if you're planning on coming to Japan or if you're fresh off the boat, new to Japan, um, this could save you a whole lot of heartbreak. Is why Japan arrests foreigners? Again, why Japan arrests foreigners? And it might sound it's probably a little bit clickbait on there, but um, basically in this video, I watched this whole thing as I was setting up. Um, he was he talked with a lawyer. He actually sat down with a lawyer and went through the judicial process. If you're if you're arrested here in Japan, a lot of you know information that as a person living here a bit longer, you kind of know or have a more of a general idea about. But if you listen to me talk about the uh, Carlos Ghosn situation or New South's president several years ago, again, I haven't really heard any developments from that case so far. But if you remember, I was kind of giving updates from that, I believe, like several several months ago. And how he was kind of stuck, basically, in the big house. Um, This would kind of help you explain uh, some of the reasons why 
he was held so long or how the nuts and bolts of what happens if you are arrested here in Japan and why you shouldn't act a damn fool here if you come here because it's really not worth it. Like a drunken night out doing some bullshit or getting into a fight can really fuck up your day or fuck up your month or fuck up your life, really, to be honest with you. So even like even me, like when I go out, like, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the type of person like, I think I believe alcohol especially brings out more of who you are. I'm more, much more of a lover than a fighter, you know. So, like, you know, some people, they get a little bit of alcohol in them. They want to, like, beat somebody up. Like, me, I'm, like, you know, I'm waving at people. I'm, like, hey, smiling. You know, that's how I, I am, especially, you know, especially if I'm really, really drunk. Unless I'm, like, passed out in the ditch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I explained on a previous podcast, if I'm passed out in the ditch somewhere, I'm fucking useless. But before I get to that point, I'm friendly as can be. You know, um, I'm either with my friends or, you know, just being sociable, talking to meeting new people, mainly women. I'm not going to lie. Like, again, I, I don't cheat, but I do like to socialize. I do like to meet new people, see, you know, tell, tell a few jokes, make a few people smile, you know, uh, kissing babies. You know how it is. Um, but... Um. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really have that problem. If anything, if if when I get drunk, I kind of aggressively diffuse situations a few times where people were about to fight, and I kind of step in like, "Yo, man, chill, fuck out." <laughs> you know, I kind of tend to do that a few times, which I need to stop. I'm a little bit older, like, I don't know. you know. But but um, but yeah um. That I th- I'd say that podcast or those that video specifically is something I really would encourage you to watch. And again, like the need to fight someone or some shit like that, I don't really think is really necessary here. But but I I believe like those two videos. Now that I'm thinking about it, watching those two videos together could possibly be quite beneficial for you. One to know why some things might avoid doing some things that could possibly that are possibly rude which could lead you to getting into trouble with the law um not all not all exactly correlated specifically but just start starting the thought process of basically being aware that some things that you might think are okay are not okay here and understanding some of the reactions for other people and also you know the reverse is that is true some things that might trigger you to go in defense mode aren't necessarily a big deal for people you know here so basically your defense wherever you are um I'm, again i'm thinking from my americanized kind of perspective big city kind of big city you know major city kind of perspective like triggers or defense mechanisms that you might have in America, you don't really need here. You know, and if anything, I per- me personally, I personally shut those off. Like, I, I like, it was funny, um, a few weeks ago, like, one of my, I don't know if I told this on here, but one of my coworkers at my job, like, uh, I was, I had some earphones on, I was doing some editing at work with my back turned, and I'm like, right near kind of like uh the entrance if you will to a certain area so he kind of snuck up behind me a little bit and he like not grab not like choke holding me but just grab me on the shoulders a little bit and i didn't move at all you know and he was like whoa that's not the reaction i thought i was looking for at all because he thought i would jump or, or you know freak out or something but i kind of especially here in when i'm in america i kind of 
consciously flip that switch back on and much more on alert and much more on defense. But here I consciously switched that flip that switch off and I kind of have learned from the experiences not to react to shit like that. You know, like if someone like touches me on the shoulder or someone like, you know, grabs me or something like that. Um, I've been in situations where people I've been around have done that and, and I've had kind of had to learn like that's not like an, an attack kind of warning, red, you know, code red kind of sign a lot of times. And I'm not going to be in immediate danger here. Excuse me. A majority of times, you know, and, and I, I mean, you know, I'm not like, you know, Floyd Mayweather or, or a UFC fighter, but especially here, at least I, I feel like comfortable enough with my ability to like defend myself if the need be. But I realized earthquake coming no it's an airplane okay but um definitely like i've kind of learned that um it's better for me to take that set you know normally in the west you got that boom okay I, that instant some danger kind of is there is kind of the instant you need to react but here taking a second to assess the situation has been more of um, important skill for me to have, you know, instead of like always on guard of my personal bubble. So, so, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Be and, and so I would encourage you to kind of take a second to assess situations and, and try and, you know, maneuver out of them here in Japan, if, if at all possible, because I would, the vast majority, like I, I still have not been in a situation where some, a Japanese person has aggressively, tried to attack me or you know um been a threat to me you know like i i can't think of anyone you know i've been in situations where seeing like you know japanese people beating shit out of each other <laughs> I, I, you know um i think when i first came here i've been in one of those situations and, and i don't okay I'll, I'll tell the story i i think i told the story before but i'll tell it again uh, just in case you're a new listener so for example um I think my first night out at like a club nightclub in Shibuya, and I remember this clearly. I was like, you know, I was twenty two. Here, I heard like Shibuya had the best clubs. I think I forgot who I asked, and they told me this club club called Buenos V U E N O S was like a really good hip hop club to go to. They said go there on the weekend. I didn't have the weekend off. I was like, fuck it, I'm going on a weekday. Fucking empty, right? And um, I think I was there all night. I was there all night, I believe. Because, um, again, like, after last train, especially when I was living at the time, unless you're living in central Tokyo, after last train, if you're out, you're out. Like, if, from, from if, you, if you decide I'm staying out and, and you're from midnight, after that, like, there's, you're in it to win it. Like, you cannot go home, you know, because the taxi ride home will be, like, about... You know, 10, 20,000 20, yen pretty much, like about 200 bucks, like, well, 100 bucks, let's say 100 bucks, uh, you know, about 10,000 yen. So um, you're just out, you know. So, uh, you know, I was 22, so I was young enough where that really was something I could handle. <laughs> so, like, I go out, you know, and, and I was around the time I, I was going out to clubs, I didn't mind going out to clubs solo. If I didn't have any, anyone to go with. Um, so I was like, hey, fuck it. It's a hip-hop club. I'm going by myself. 
so um because i think like a tuesday i had tuesday wednesday i was off at that time so like i go out i'm in this club it's like 11 30 something like that at night and i'm there there's no one's really there and i'm just hanging out i think the music was pretty good if i remember correctly because i was kind of vibing i was like okay you know i had like a michael vick jersey on i remember that you know my, my freshest jersey at the time you know and i had a corona in my hand i'm just chill. and i was surprised i was like oh wow because the clubs i was going through at the time in dc you couldn't have a bottle, you know, because if you had a bottle, you crack somebody on the head with that shit, you know. So they wouldn't give you like a bottle in the club, you know. So, um, so I was like, wow, they give you bottles here, ooh, like you know, like be like a beer bottle. I was like, wow, okay. So I was, you know, cool about that. And then like some people start flooding in, and it was, like a few groups. And it was like a group of like young Japanese dudes who were a few years younger than me, and they were talking. And as soon as they came in, I guess they had some issue or whatever. And, like, this one dude just started beating up this other dude, you know. And one dude, he was a bit tougher. And the other dude, he was dressed kind of, like, hip-hop-ish. But you could tell he wasn't really, you know, you know, about it. <laughs> so <laughs> he just looked like it. And that's something you might come across by here, too. So, like, the, the uh, other dude, the more, you know, the tougher dude, clearly tougher dude, was, I guess, upset about something. So he's just, like hit him a couple of times, you know, and then the dude was like, oh, shit, and he, like, wandered around in a circle and came right back to the guy, and then the dude was just like, boom, boom, hit him again and start just kneeing him into the fa in the face, like, tie-kicking him to the face, and the dude was just like, oh, he had, like, a little scully on, like, and his scully's just, like, flopping all over the place, I'm just like, what the fuck? You know, I'm just watching this shit, like, oh, shit, because I'm in the corner by myself, and, I'm just, and I don't know anything about Japan, I don't know what the fuck? I'm like, is this some triad shit? Like, you know, what the, you know, only what I've seen in movies. I'm like, fuck. So I got this bottle in my hand. So I finished drinking it. So I'm like, I got it. You know, I'm like, okay, let me hold on to this, put it in my pocket in case I got to like crack somebody in the face and get out of here. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to need to do. But, um, it was totally cool. Like that was, it. that was it. That was basically it. Um, and later I talked to some other dude who's a rapper um, I saw him in some music videos, you know, in some magazines later. But we talked for a bit about Japan. And he kind of, kind of put me onto a little bit of game about Japanese people at the time. I, I, now I'm a bit older. I can understand what he was saying. But he sounded like a little bit of a hater to me at the, at the time. <laughs> Not gonna lie. But he was actually putting me on the game about Japan, just like as far as the music industry goes and what he's trying to do and, and stuff like the blah 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 blah. So you know, he's like, yeah, I'm actually kind of famous. So I'm kind of look. That's why he was in the back with me. He's like. Yeah, I was like in, literally in the dark by the speakers. He was like, yeah, I'm actually on the low here. I kind of don't want people to know I'm here. And I was like, okay. So, but you know, I didn't know who he was. So I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, man, whatever. Because <laughs> I'm an arrogant ass 22 year old at the time. But, but nah. Um, so, just in general, as far as like, my point is, as far as like fighting and things like that go, like, that that was like the only time like my spidey sense was really like sharp like okay i might have to like do some wild shit you know like i'm not even that type of person but i just kind of like i might have to take it there to because i didn't i was like really on literally with my back against the wall and and like nightclubs in japan or in the tokyo area or in osaka too that i've been to depending on the place generally are kind of fire traps like they're death traps like there's one exit you might have to go up some stairs go down some stairs you know there's not a bunch of places you can't go anywhere so like 
I was looking around for an exit like, yo, if some shit pops off, there's one exit way over there through that crowd of people and I'll literally have to fight my way out of here. That was that was my thought process, you know. So, um, yeah, that's why I grabbed the Corona bottle, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm not like that type of person at all. I don't want to be that type of person, you know. Um, but, but, yeah, so... So, um, so whatchamacallit? Okay, so that's that. <laughs> so that's that. The point is, watch those videos. And the point is, don't come to Japan on some stupid shit. And, and that it will explain to you why you don't want to get into some shit. Dealing with other Japanese people, dealing with Japanese people, dealing with other foreign people, you just don't want to do it. Trust me. He get, like, it was a really well done video. Um, and I think it would kind of hit home why you don't want to get involved with the judicial system here. You really don't trust me, okay? Um, ooh, 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 you got told you you got got some shit for y'all tonight. I have one more thing, and then I'm gonna get out of here, right? Um, where is it? 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 So, um, again, I've been, I've been going off on the Olympics a bit, right? And one thing which I haven't talked about or hadn't even thought about. So seriously, until I had a lesson with a student last week, was the Paralympics. So um, let me make sure I didn't talk about this before, though. I, I don't think I have. Yeah, no, 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 I didn't. Yeah, good, good. So basically, um, about a week and a half ago, um, probably the night, the day after I recorded the previous podcast, I had a lesson with someone who is actually very deeply involved in the Paralympics planning committee, right? Or not committee, but planning for the Paralympics or in, in activities related to the Paralympics is, is a better way of describing what she does. Um, and we got into a conversation, excuse me, we got into a conversation about the problems with the Olympics. I think I told you my main theme has been asking people what they think about it. And I was not even thinking about the Paralympics, actually. Like, I completely forgot about the issues facing the Paralympics here. And I was like, wow, um, the hotel issue here, she kind of gave me, again, this is not my firsthand knowledge of it. I can only go on what I've heard from her. So, you know, she's closer to the source. So I'm going to trust what she said as being factual. Um, but it's not firsthand information for me. Right. So pretty much what this person told me was, um, that, yeah, the, first off, the hotel, and, she, and I told her I have a podcast, and she encouraged me, please spread some of this information throughout the world to let people kind of know what's going on, you know. However small my voice is, at least it might have some impact, and hopefully some somebody listens to this shit. I don't know. But um, but basically, like, one, wheelchair accessibility in Japan is a really big issue, a huge issue. Like, it's fucking crazy here. Just like when my son was younger and he needed a stroller. Like, it's crazy. Like, the, the hoops you have to jump through just, just to try and get, you know, around here. You know, station platforms and things like that. And not all stations are wheelchair accessible either. Like, it's getting better. But it's, no, 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 no. You, you will come across several stations where you're just like, literally, shit out of luck if you are in a wheelchair and you need to go somewhere. Um, especially if you get a bit further away from the center of Tokyo, 
yeah, it gets real out here. Um, if you do come visit Tokyo, or if you live here or just got here, take a few minutes, you know, next time you're out and just look around for wheelchair accessibility and you'll be kind of shocked in some cases. So train stations is, is a whole nother story. But one interesting fact she told me was hotels is going to be the big issue. The lack of availability. And according to the numbers of, I think, the government, I believe they don't have half the like less than half the amount of hotel rooms that they expect that they need but you can imagine that's going to be a conservative estimate anyway and what she was telling me was they changed the hotel laws recently and i saw i read i read an article about it um and that said that hotels with um uh what is it um uh 50 rooms, I believe. The, the article I read before it said 50 rooms. Um, a hotel, so if a hotel has 50 rooms, they need to have at least one one wheelchair accessible room, right? Um, but I believe that 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 law, from what she told me, extends to hotels with up to 1,500. I don't know if she said it correctly, but she said 1,500. So I believe it might be from 50 to 1,500 rooms. It might be like a range where you have to have at least one wheelchair accessible room. So technically, um, a hotel could have like 1,000 rooms and only one wheelchair accessible room, and that's totally fine. You know, so... There's a serious lack of hotel. Again, I'm not. I'm not sure about these numbers. I haven't confirmed any of this shit. This is just a note that I wrote down. Um, you know, and she said the main thing. Mm. Mm. The main issues with with rooms is um, doorways, bathroom accessibility, things like those are the main things. It's bathtubs uh, are are some of the main issues with them where you know a person with a wheelchair like might not it might the doorway is not big enough for them to wheel a wheelchair in there might be like i've been in several hotel rooms as well where there is like a step up to get into the bathroom itself and it's a small ass doorway you can't squeeze like a wheelchair in there the bathtub's super fucking high off the ground shit like that there's no handrails and shit like that and you know hotels are not really trying to pay all the money for that um Heat is another thing. Apparently, um, several of the Special Olympics athletes um, have issues with heat and overheating, not being inability to sweat are issues with athletes. So how they're going to deal with the heat here is going to be another big thing. And um, on a positive note, though, just a quick, quick, you know, quick thing. Um, Oita Prefecture, O-I-T-A, if you if you are or know someone who is wheelchair bound or disabled apparently oita is a barrier-free prefecture in japan really great wheelchair accessibility she gave me a little bit of the history of that place Uh, apparently one of the people um who was i believe instrumental in the original in the 1964 tokyo olympics i can't remember the dude's name but he's from oita and after that he did some other shit, but basically he pushed for Oita Prefecture specifically to become more of a wheelchair accessible barrier-free type place. And since basically since the 60s, that kind of 
initial impact has kind of helped and it's like a really great modern example of what Japan should be as far as like a barrier-free place wheelchair accessibility you know and just not only that but um jobs as well and equal opportunity for people who are disabled and things like that so it sounds like now not basically after my conversation with her I was like oh shit that's right like the special olympics are gonna be a whole other set of fucking problems a whole other clusterfuck of problems for people with wheelchairs like just watching like the train system in, in tokyo like it's it's really not good for even people with strollers like even, i can't even imagine like what it will be like for the athletes friend family you know journalists things like that trying to get in and around tokyo um yeah, it, 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 it's not going to be a good look. Like, you know, especially, like, if you can't get a hotel for the Special Olympics if you're disabled. Like, that's not cool, you know. So, um, like, that type of shit, that type of shit is going to happen. Like, and I think it, it's necessary. And, and, you know, she kind of was saying it, too. Like, these issues need to be brought to the light. Like, um, ideally, hopefully, before the Games... And because and, that's how change is here. You got to just shame people into shit over here. You just shame them into it. And then, like, maybe they'll change it. Maybe they'll apologize. So that's what I'm hoping will happen here in Japan. So, okay. I'm going to stop it right there. We got damn near an hour. Wow. I did not expect it to go this long. Um, a lot longer than I thought. But I'm happy I could give quite a bit of information, some stories, some other shit. Feels good to talk to you guys. Uh, today was was a really pretty much a restful day for me, so now I gotta go get busy, get busy, busy, busy. So hope you had a good week. Hope you enjoyed um, the materials that I introduced to you. Please definitely check out those videos. It's especially if you're thinking about coming here. Trust me, you you wanna not be scared, but just definitely be mindful of this type of shit so you don't go off and do some dumb shit you know he gave one story about some dude who who stole like a rice ball from a convenience store don't be that person please don't okay all right let me get out of here talk to you later peace